Hello again, dear listener. This is the start of the show. Welcome to Find a Previously Recorded Evening of Storytelling and Otherwise. This episode took place on December 20th, 2019 at the Lido here in Vancouver, which is on the traditional ancestral unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. You'll be hearing from some of the excellent lineup of writers and comedians we had that night, including DJ On, Kate Black, and Aaron Reed. And throughout the episode, you'll hear music from Devour, so you can find on iTunes and Bandcamp. The song we started the show with is called Off the Grid, from their most recent album, Iconoclast. And I am your host, Cole Nowicki. To find out more about our upcoming live shows, please visit us at afineshow.com, or follow us on the social medias at afineshow. Okay, let's get on with this thing. Enjoy the show. Up first, we have DJ On. DJ is a queer Chinese Vietnamese musician and comedian. He co-produces the monthly musical comedy variety show They're Hot, and his solo project, Don Law's debut album, Not In Love, arrives Valentine's Day 2020. Here's DJ. Hey, um, so yeah, I'm DJ, um, I am a musician, I'm a comedian, I'm also a visual artist, so yeah, I'm like what some people call a triple threat. Um, when I say I'm a triple threat, what I really mean is I am a triple threat to my own livelihood. Um, my parents came from Vietnam as refugees, arrived here with absolutely nothing, created a beautiful family, created a successful business, and here I am now today, a triple threat to their legacy. <laughs> so um, I'm going to do two songs for you tonight. Um, I really like writing songs for other artists. Uh, this first song I wrote for Billie Eilish. For anyone who doesn't know who Billie Eilish is, Billie Eilish is like the monster from The Ring. <laughs> but like, if the monster from The Ring had like a pop music career, <laughs> and then like make that monster, like instead of like that white gown, um, athleisure. And then, like, make that monster like a sexy child. <laughs> and then make that sexy child, like, really good at, like, whisper singing. <laughs> um, so I wrote this song for Billie Eilish, um, but I don't know, like, the contact to, like, her and her team. So um, I just, like, emailed it to, like, Billie Eilish at yahoo.com. <laughs> and I'm just, like, hoping for the best. Um, but just in case you don't hear this song in the radio in, like, three months, I'll just perform it for you tonight. It is so dark in the house now I am whispering right now Because everyone is asleep Because it is time to sleep So I whisper, 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 I must change my bed sheets, but it's so hard when you go to 
put one corner down then you go to the second corner but the first one pops up but when i'm finally done i get into bed and i just lay there and i can't sleep no i can't sleep because duh anxiety 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 i can never sleep anxiety 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 i am fucking psycho to make myself feel sleepy i change into my pajamas the comfy ones that are so soft then i take 3 milligrams of melatonin then i drink some sleepy time tea then i diffuse tea tree oil then i listen to some asmr but i still can't sleep because the anxiety 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 i can never sleep anxiety 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 i have mental illness my therapist tells me it's not just anxiety that keeps me up at night but also ocd let's think about the past now embarrassing things that i have done like when i was eight years old and peed my pants in chinese class buhaisu laoshi wa yao yong xi shou jian that's chinese for i'm sorry teacher i have to use the washroom let's also think about people everyone that is in my life like does everyone i love hate me will i be alone forever does everyone i love hate me will i be alone forever does everyone i love hate me will i be alone forever does everyone i love hate me anxiety will i be alone forever anxiety does everyone i love hate me anxiety will i be alone forever anxiety oh. does everyone i love hate me why can't i ever sleep should i get like a weighted blanket fuck Should I diffuse lavender oil instead of tea tree oil? What am I doing wrong? Why can't I ever sleep? Fuck, it sucks. Anxiety. Thank you. Um okay, so this next song I'm doing for you is a Christmas song. I'm sorry it's not a holiday song it's a Christmas song. Um PC culture did not strike this time. Um yeah, I'm sorry. Um like I'm one of those people that think like there's a war on Christmas. But like ultimately Christmas won that war. Um please don't cancel me. Um I like performing. Um
Okay, this is my holiday song. Christmas song. Well, the weather outside is very frightful, but inside it is just as frightful, cause it's just me inside my dark home. Yes, I am so very single. Every year I sing to a new guy. All I want for Christmas is you, but he's always like, no thanks, I'd rather have a new wallet or phone. Christmas, I'm so single. Christmas, I'm so single. Christmas, I'm so single. Christmas, dear God, I'm so single. I have to go to the office holiday party. And every year, I'm like, who should I bring? But I never bring anyone. Cause I'm in the closet to all of my coworkers. Now, some of you are probably thinking, how can his coworkers not know he's gay? Do they not have eyes or ears? Have they never seen him literally walk or talk? But that is cause I'm really good at code switching. I'm really good at being like, hey, what's up, man? In fact, I bet. I could convince you all for a split second that I'm not gay. So sometimes I bring a girlfriend to the office party and she has to be my beard for the evening. And that's awkward for the both of us, but it's kind of worth it for the free food and booze. Christmas, I'm so lonely. Christmas, I'm so lonely. Christmas, dear God, no one will fuck me. Christmas, dear God, no one will fuck me. No one here to jingle my bells. No one here to dick my halls. No one here to put it in my holy night. There's no one here to put it in my holy night. That is what I call my asshole, my holy night. That's what I call my asshole, holy night. That's what I call my asshole. That's what I call my asshole. That's what I call my asshole. Every year I beg to Santa. Please bring me a boyfriend or a fuck buddy. But Santa doesn't even want to bring me a fuck buddy. I think Santa is very sex negative. Why is Santa so sex negative? Is he a second wave feminist? Or maybe Santa is just plain homophobic. Christmas, Santa bring me a boyfriend. Christmas, or at least bring me a fuck buddy. Christmas, Santa, please bring me a lover. Christmas, or at least bring me a fuck buddy. Christmas, Santa, if you don't bring me a lover. Christmas, then he better take Viagra. Christmas, and when he comes over tonight. Christmas, he better put it in my holy night. Thank you.
Up next is Kate Black. Her fiction, journalism, and essays have appeared in 18 Bridges, Glass Buffalo, New Trail, and Mesa Neuve. She's completing an MFA in creative writing at the University of British Columbia. Here's Kate. Hey y'all, that was so great. My hollies are so fucking jollied right now. Um, just dropped my page. Um, hi, so my name is Kate. Um, thank you so much for having me, Cole. I'm stoked to be here. Do we have any Amy Hempel fans in the house tonight? Okay, perfect. <laughs> no one raised That makes me feel so much better about myself. Um, so I just learned who Amy Hempel was like a month ago. And since all of y'all don't know, I'm gonna drop some knowledge on you. She's a very famous American short fiction writer, like one of the most important. And I found that out like a while ago. Um, so I was writing my short story to read tonight like a month ago and I was feeling so smart. I was like, I'm gonna write about someone in a bathtub and I'm so fucking smart and no one's ever done this before. And then I started reading Amy Hempel's collection of short fiction and the first story is called I'm in a tub or it's called in a tub. So fuck my life, right? Um, so I don't care. I'm gonna read it anyway. She's not here. Um, <laughs> Oh no, yeah, my whole experience with the MFA has just been like sitting in rooms of like well-read people being like, have you heard of like Amy Hempel? Have you heard of like JK Rowling? I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Um, okay, so this is called, I'm in the bath after Amy Hempel. I'm in the bathtub, soaking myself back to life. If you'd like, you could imagine me as a raisin dropped into a hot cup of tea. But this metaphor only really works if you believe a raisin turns back into a grape when submerged in water. I don't believe this. I think something irreparable happens to a grape when it is turned into a raisin. Something traumatic. All right, right off the top, I want to make clear that I'm not looking for sympathy. With that being said, I'm crying in the bath. Okay, but not actually, but if someone texts me or whatever right now and asks how my night is going, I'll probably be like, oh God, I've just been thinking and crying in the bath all night long. And if nobody texts me tonight, I'll probably just tweet that, you know? It's like, I'm close enough to crying right now, right? I tell people I cry more than I actually cry. It makes me seem like I have a sensitive connection to the world. We're into that, right? Um, I do come close to crying though and often. I'm always meeting people with tears in my eyes. There's probably at least like six people in the city who think my face just looks this way, lightly and moistened and on the brink of heavy emotion. <laughs> I looked this way, almost crying, when I first met my massage therapist. I fully expected her to send me back home to sort out my emotional muscles before she got to work on my physical ones. It was like the same thing that happened when I showed up to my first psychology appointment with a broken arm. <laughs> like, trust me, girl, I know what this looks like. Um, <laughs> but neither the psychologist nor my massage therapist said anything about this. Am I disappointed about this? Maybe. My body is more or less mysterious to me. I think this is why I find learning about my physical body so enriching. Like, facts and figures about this old thing. Um, <laughs> I'm very interested in fascia, for example. My massage therapist described it as the saran wrap coating and binding all of our muscles and tissues. She said our, as in the muscle is social. She also said my fascia felt so dehydrated, it's no wonder why I complain about my body hurting all the time, even though I'm in my 20s. Drinking water is so frustrating, I mouth to myself. I was face down on the little massage bed so she couldn't see my lips moving. 
Instead, I told her I'm fascinated by anatomy. That's when she asked me if I like drawing. I was like, sure. That's when she told me I should go to the morgue or the university's cadaver lab and ask to draw the corpses because I'm interested in anatomy and drawing. <laughs> I get a good laugh out of people when I tell this story. I think part of it's like someone who went to university wouldn't say something like this, right? Doesn't she know university cadaver labs aren't things you can just like walk into? Like, hey, you don't know me, I don't go here, but can I like look at your dead ass corpses and like draw them? Because I like drawing and I'm fascinated by anatomy. <laughs> like has my massage therapist ever looked at a map? If you Google my massage therapist, one of the first pictures that comes up is one of her posing nude. She's posing nude, holding a stalk of kale over her left nipple. She looks like a burlesque dancer holding a feather, except the feather is kale. <laughs> Things like this are cumulative, you know? Like, you feel me? They make me wonder, has she ever understood irony? Here in the bath, I feel kind of unwell about this, how I actually foster pet hatred for people that don't embrace irony. Like, it's like they're like on a bridge, and like, they're always on the bridge, and like, they're never looking at like what's happening, like, underneath the bridge. It's so strange. It must be so strange to embrace life that way. Okay, I have an unironic question now, like a real question. Should I pee in the bath? Okay. No, 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 I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm still, okay. No, we're just getting started at peeing in the bath. Um, once I was texting a man while in the bath, he said baths are disgusting because it's like basically sitting in your own pee. I asked him how you can be basically sitting in your own pee unless you're literally pissing in the bath. <laughs> okay, but to be honest, I didn't actually ask him this because I usually don't think of these questions until after the fact, or mostly because disagreeing with people makes me uncomfortable. When he told me that baths are gross, I actually just texted back, ha totally getting out of the bath right now, gross. Like I stayed in the bath. Okay, to be clear, I'm not actually peeing in the bath right now, but I have to. It's just that nothing spoils a bath like sitting on the toilet with a wet ass. <laughs> I mean, actually, nothing spoils a bath like peeing in it. Anyway, I'm holding it in. Another unironic question. What is that metal thing at the end of the bath called? The thing that like sucks the top bit of the water out so the tub doesn't overflow? It's very curious seeing my reflection in it. Like, is that what men see when they go down on me? Like, not that that happens all that often. Just another situation where I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nevertheless, I don't actually know what my body looks like, and this metal thing is just sitting there confirming this. When I see photos of myself, my first impulse is to turn to a crowd of people and be like, my body doesn't look like this, I promise. But it's like literally a photo of my body. <laughs> it could be that we have more in common with those grow a boyfriend toys than we think. You know, like those little toys that you just plop in a glass of water at night and then the morning they get bigger? Okay, like I'm not an idiot. I don't actually think I'm a grow a boyfriend toy. The metaphor is like kind of on the nose anyway. Maybe sea monkeys are more appropriate though I don't know if I would identify more with like the individual sea monkey or the community of them. 
when I was a child, you could buy all these toys, like the girl boyfriend toy, the sea monkeys at this giant toy store at West Edmonton Mall. They had bikes hanging from the ceilings, like buckets of hard animals. Maybe other people call them animal figurines. My cousins and I called them hard animals as opposed to soft animals, like beanie babies. They required two different moods. Like, this is important. Playing with hard animals and soft animals, like beanie babies, are two different moods. Anyway, the store doesn't exist anymore. It, like, closed at least 10 years ago. It's one of those places I have a stupid, inexplicable desire to walk into again. I mostly want to walk in there to see if the bikes actually hang from the ceiling. Now I'm thinking about the time I cut off a girl a boyfriend's damp and spongy arm with safety scissors. But now I'm not sure if I actually cut off his arm with safety scissors. My memory of wanting to cut off his arm is stronger than my memory of actually cutting off the arm. The memory of the desire to do the thing is stronger than the memory of doing the thing. Okay, the water's getting cold now. I can't believe I'm going the song without looking at my phone. I think this is what I hate the most about myself. Not my phone addiction, but the smug pride that washes over me when I don't look at my phone for like 10 minutes. You know, like I'm happy for everyone who's on their own journeys of looking at their phones less, but I hope they still talk to me. Sometimes I think, what is life? What is having a brain but being alone in a lukewarm bath? When I start thinking this way, I feel very tired. Sometimes my next thought is that dying wouldn't be the worst thing. But even when I feel that way in the bath, I leave the bathroom door unlocked. I'm crying now, though I understand if you don't believe me. I'm not texting anyone about it, not tweeting about it either. If I were tweeting about it, I think I'd make it a question. Am I a hard animal or a soft animal? Have I learned anything yet? Have I, have I come far? Am I letting the water out? Yes, I'm letting the water out. Thank you so much. Our final performer of the evening was Aaron Reed. Aaron's a comedian and visual artist, and you can catch him every Sunday doing improv as part of the Sunday service or just doing stand-up all around Vancouver. Here's Aaron. Oh, okay, thank you. Cool. Okay, this is awesome. Uh, all right. Sorry if I seem weird. I... Uh, I missed my medication last night, and I finished a murder doc that I did not want to watch. Uh, so I feel weird, and and I hate that everyone is talking about uh, murder docs all the time now. And uh, we should talk about something else, you know? Uh, I sometimes wish something weird would happen so that we'd all talk about that, you know? Like what if just a big worm, just like a really big worm was there, <laughs> you know? You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? Like a bit, and then instead of being like, oh, did you see that horrible uh, man documentary? Uh, you could be like, did you go pet the big worm, <laughs> you know? You could be like, I, I brought a, a real apple to the big worm and the worm was a lot bigger than the apple. And uh, so that's not a joke and... Uh, <laughs> more of an idea and I'm looking at Kim's uh, grocery store for comfort because I love that place, okay? Uh, go there, good price on vegetables and trying not to eat meat. I have real jokes, don't worry, okay. Cool, all right. Does anyone here have psychologically damaging nightmares every night when you go? 
Okay, that's a lot of people. Uh, usually, no one speaks up. Uh, I have really bad nightmares uh, every night, and uh, but I think I deserve my nightmares, you know, because uh, I do really terrible stuff right before bed, right? You know, I do. Bad stuff, <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm a bad, bad boy. <laughs> uh, that's who I got that on a T-shirt, okay? Uh, my little nephew wrote it for me. You can't read it, and I let him know, all right? Uh, no, don't worry. I'm nice to him. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, at most before bed, you're supposed to, like, drink a cup of lukewarm water, you know, and just be like, Oh, yeah, that's good, <laughs> you know? And just be like, peace on earth, I believe in angels, <laughs> you know? And just, like, go to bed. That's what you're supposed to do, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right before bed, nice simple things, right? You're supposed to read a piece of uh, Christian cross-stitching right before bed, and uh, that's what you're supposed to do, okay? Uh, <laughs> you're not supposed to do what I do, uh, which is uh, eat a whole pizza snake style while watching crime shows, <laughs> you know? Just like, oh, you know, just rolling up a pizza like it's a sleeping bag and just being like, oh, crime, crime, crime files. I know crime shows. I don't know what they're called, but. But I, so I kind of feel like my brain's trying to get back at me for being so bad to it. You know, I kind of feel like my brain's like a guy at the end of his rope. You know, he's just like, OK, Aaron. OK. Woo-hoo, all right. This is what we got going on tonight, huh? This is what you got planned for tonight, huh? You gonna go to Subway and get a 12-inch cold-cut combo right before bed, dude? You gonna tell the sandwich artist to put jalapenos and ranch on that till they are visibly uncomfortable with what they're making? Just shocked at what they are making? Okay, how about this when you're trying to sleep? Ah, how about when you try to sleep, you dream of a snake that barfs up a tiny baby, huh? How about that? Uh, good night! <laughs> you know? And then you look even closer, and that tiny baby is an adult version in baby form version of your dad, huh? <laughs> and then you look one step closer, and he is super ripped, and he knows it, you know? He's just like, ugh, 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 you know? And you're there with your partner, and she's not saying anything in the dream, but later on in the dream, she's saying stuff like, Oh, I wonder what your dad's up to now, you know? Maybe we can get three movie tickets. Maybe your tiny buff dad can come along. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I don't know if that's a child seat. Okay, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so I have really bad nightmares. Uh, I'm going to do one more joke. It's a bit longer. Uh, it's going okay. Uh... <laughs> I'm doing it around the scene, you know. I'm up on the scene. I'm doing it around. And, you, you know, the response is okay. Uh, people people kind of like it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. So I did something sad recently. Uh, I did something quite low, you know. Uh, uh, well, okay, what had happened was is uh, I was watching uh, pornography, which I paid for. Thank you. Uh, some claps over there. And, uh, okay, one woman's giving me a standing ovation. That's a bit much, but uh, thank you. Yeah, I uh, I was watching pornography, which I paid for. It was like 2 p.m., okay? Yeah, had I just gotten up? Sure, why not? And, uh, yeah, did I not eat yet? Okay, yeah, sure. Let's, let's throw that in there, too. What I'm trying to say is it was a really nice day, okay? I should have been out there doing something nice, you know? 
like having a cappuccino with an X, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, something nice, simple, real life stuff, you know? <laughs> Two cappuccinos, please. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so the sun was out, right? And, uh, and, but I didn't go outside. I wasn't like, you know, and I think pornography is fine as long as it's like consensual and not predatory and not racist and it features all kinds of beautiful people, you know. Uh, so this isn't a joke uh, about how porn is bad, it, but what I'm trying to say is you shouldn't have porn for breakfast, okay? That's not something that you should do. And so what I did is I saw the sun, it was in my eye, and what I did was instead of going outside, I, uh, I pulled the blinds, okay? And then still some sun poking in, okay? I could not see my pornography, okay? So I took a pillow, took a pillow, put it on the back of the laptop, and that completely blocked out the sun, okay? You all know about the sun, right? We all know about the sun. It's like the most important source of energy on our planet. You know about that, right? You, okay, yeah, right? You know, it's the same sun that gently warms the back, you know, of a fierce but kind horse, you know? <laughs> Creating subtle hues of, uh, you know, dark purplish black and gray, you know, as it sips from a still pond, you know, that's connected to an iridescent waterfall, you know? That's the sun I'm talking about. And uh, I blocked it out. I said, you get out of here, son. I don't, I do not need you right now, okay? I need to watch two people kiss, okay? Uh, <laughs> I need to watch two people kiss <laughs> like uh, they are passing back and forth a distasteful egg that neither of them wants in their mouth. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I need to do, okay? That's what I need right now. I don't need you. And, okay. Yeah, and I'm talking about the sun, right? You know about the sun, right? It's like when the sun sets, you know, it creates this, like, transparent wave, uh, kind of wall of, like, you know, creamy pinks and candy blues and golden yellows, you know. You can watch it by yourself. And, and we all know that as we get older, you know, life gets more weird and hard, you know. People that you love are going to die, you know. You have to deal with that, okay. It's just a compounding trauma, all right. But you know that you can find comfort in natural things like the sun setting or the sound of the ocean or the sun setting, you know? So that's, uh, that's the sun I'm talking about, okay? And, and I, said, I said, no, I don't need you right now. I don't <laughs> need you, okay? What I need to do is watch two people make love. I don't know. I wasn't there, okay? I don't know if it was love or fuck. I'm not sure, <laughs> okay? But I do know how they're doing it, okay? Which is as if a ghost has inhabited both their bodies and uh, their solution to getting rid of the ghost is to have sex so hard and do so many swears uh, that the ghost gets uncomfortable and leaves. <laughs> it's just like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> you know, this is weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, and then I'm, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to go. I just really want to reiterate the idea that I'm talking about the sun, right? You know? I'm talking about the sun and poets, lot, you know, you've seen poetry tonight. Poets, painters, you know, musicians, they've, they've seen the sun. 
and uh, and they create art for the sun, okay? So this is a poem that someone wrote, you know, and dedicated it to the sun, okay? So this is a, a poem called Solar by Philip Larkin. All right, here we go. <coughs> Suspended lion face, spilling at the center of an unfurnished sky, how still you stand, and how unaided, single stalkless flower you pour unrecompensed. The eye sees you, simplified by a distance, into an origin. Your petaled head of flames continuously exploding. Heat is the echo of your gold. Coined there among lonely horizontals, you, is, you exist openly. Our needs hourly. Climb and return like angels. Unclosing like a hand, you give forever. And that is a poem that Philip Larkin wrote for the sun. Okay, <laughs> he saw the sun, and he said, what a beautiful thing. I respect it, and what I'm going to do is use what humans have created, which is all different types of languages, and I'm going to give the sun a gift, which is that beautiful poem. That's what he did for the sun, okay? And when I saw the sun, I did not give it a poem. I did not write it a song. <laughs> I did not paint it. I blocked it out. So I could watch a pornography clip called Young Couple Does Doggy Style in the Garage on a website called Pornhub.com. And I know some of you are thinking, Pornhub, isn't that the free one? And I say to you, there is a pay option. Okay. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks again to all the performers, Devourers, Alita for having us, Matt Crisco for recording us, CITR for playing us, and you, dear listener, for listening. We'll leave you with Devourers, Garnet Graves.
You've been listening to Fine on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory at the University of British Columbia.